Hi everyone, my name's Steve Tudor and welcome to the Friday Show. It's a show that's pleased Richarlison has moved to Spurs because now we can hate him that little bit more. On today's part, we're focusing the entirety of our attention on transfers. Firstly, because this has been a really interesting week for City in this regard. And secondly, because there's booker all else to talk about right now. Sterling obviously tops the agenda, as too does Nathan Ake. And we'll also be looking at moves happening beyond the Etihad. Neymar, what's to become of him? To discuss all this, I'm delighted to be joined by two Blues who are currently being tracked by a Chelsea podcast. It's Joe and Harry. Hi Joe, you well? Yeah, I'm good, but you've got no worries in terms of going over 20 Chelsea podcasts. Don't be worrying about that. Uh, um, apparently, it's, they're, they're looking at several other podcasters as well, and they're, just, they're after about 50, I've heard. <laughs> they're going to lowball with a 10 pence yes. offer. Yeah, I'm coming. Um, it's 15, 15p. <laughs> right. Uh, just on the Rafinha point, <clears throat> the only dark side is they'll probably be taking four points a season minimum off us now, won't he? But, yeah, that's true enough. True enough. Um, um, well, that's a worry with Richarlison and, yeah, and Rafinha if he goes to Chelsea as well. And um, who else? Uh, Jesus. You can guarantee Jesus is going to score for Arsenal against us this season. Such is the way. Uh, Harry, are you there? Are you well? Yes, yes, yes. I'm good. I'm good, lads. Same here. Um, bank born and bred. You won't get Chelsea robbing anyone <laughs> uh, around here. But yeah, I'd, I'd just say to, to, to you, Steve, it's like I wanted a break for it, but everyone's gone football manager yeah. crazy, aren't they, in the in the transfer window? It's a bit weird at the moment. It's really hard to keep up. It's like 10 o'clock in the morning. You, you, you've got a sense of what, what's going on. And then four o'clock in the afternoon, it's all kind of gone off over tit. It's... Yeah, I think that Rafinha one was the, the interesting one, right? Because I, I saw he was going to Arsenal and then I literally went down the road to speak to my mate and I was like, oh, what about you? You think about Rafinha to ask? I was like, oh, no, 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 he's going to Chelsea. And he was like, what? Uh, what? And, and now now he's Barca are interested. Well, um, yeah. So, yeah. Barca are just interested in everyone and they can't afford anyone. <laughs> so it's... Um, okay, let's start with the biggest story pretty much this week. Um, Raheem to the bridge. Joe, your thoughts on it in general? Um... I'd be lying if I said I was totally comfortable with it because <clears throat> I think just looking at the sheer facts on paper, he's our second highest ever goal scorer in the Premier League era. Mm. Um, been a key player under Pep. I think when you lose a player like that to a domestic rival, it does leave a bit of a sour taste. Um, not that we're <clears throat> anything like um, Liverpool or fans of other clubs where we'll be, you know, booing him or making his life difficult when he returns to the Etihad if he does go there but it just seems a bit of a a sad ending really it's not how I envisaged it Um, I think it's fair to say it's gone a bit I don't know if flat's the right word because I think he's still goals and assists combined over the last two seasons up there with our most productive players if not the most productive but um, it's certainly since I think we deployed the false nine system, there's been a, a slight drop off, and which has led to him losing his spot as a guaranteed starter. So it's always been on the horizon. This and there's been like an, an undercurrent bubbling. You feel? Just uh, so to interject though, but just the fact that we've now got Haaland, that would have changed matters surely for him. <clears throat> well, this is what I wanted to come to um, because my feeling was Sterling probably played his best football in the. <clears throat> excuse me, sorry, in the 198-point seasons mm. when there was primarily a front three of him uh, on the left, Sane right, and or vice versa, and um, 
Aguero through the centre. And he had a, almost a, a designated spot in the team where he's had to be more agile uh, with his positioning and where he's played over the last two seasons, which has not necessarily fit his skill set without mm. trying to be disparaging. Um, and I felt like Haaland coming in, a year left on his deal, all played into his um, into his hands, but obviously he's uh, had his head turned. Harry, does it matter that it's Chelsea he's going to? I mean, basically, would you be more comfortable if he was going to Real Madrid? Yeah, 100%. To me as well, it made me not believe it initially. Yeah. Purely because of that, because I don't know, he's obviously, everyone that you speak to, like on a journalist side, has always said that Sterling's been very open, that he has a very open desire to play abroad one day. And you feel like this is, it's not his last big commitment but it's like a, a very big commitment in his career you know he's in his, in his somewhat peak years um, which is why I always thought that we'd have Sterling next season City would try and convince him to sign a contract and failing that Sterling would have the pick of his clubs at the end of the contract whether it be Barca or Madrid or whoever he wanted to move to in Spain I, I thought that'd be the case so yeah it, it has surprised me and it does bother me slightly I suppose it's the same in the same boat as, as Gabriel, it's going to be weird to see him coming back to City as, a, as another player, considering, you know, I think, I, I understand what everyone's saying about his his sort of performances going flat, because obviously in his in his peak, he was contributing to bloody nearly 50 goals a season for City in all competitions, which was just ridiculous numbers. Mm. But, you know, this is a lad who in his bad two seasons, let's say, has contributed with a combined 52 goals, and, and that's going to be very, very hard to replace. Um, obviously there's been a lot said about his sort of unique athleticism and what he brings to the City team all round um, but again with these transfer links this guy's sort of been talked about by the majority as like a, a really weird squad player when this lad is in City's top 10 mm. all time goal scorers yeah. you know the, like Joe just said the only guy who can chat to him in you know the modern era about scoring goals is Sergio Aguero so you know we're losing a big big player here but it doesn't really feel like that which is bizarre to me um, but yeah to, sorry to Nancy's question yeah, it would be really really bizarre to see him in a Chelsea shirt I would prefer him to go abroad yeah. like I prefer every single player that leaves City to go abroad because it, it just would feel weird to play against them in an opposition shirt especially someone who's been as successful as Sterling at City Joe from from the player's perspective I don't really get it because threefold first of all um, as Harry said, then if he waited till next season, then from January onwards he would have a pick in, you know, of any club he wished, and his wage wages would have been you know exorbitant because you know he'd be a, a free agent. Um, the fact that he's got to Chelsea, a club where the fans have abused him in the past, um, a, a club that you know hasn't got real good track record in that regard as well, um, and the fact that at Chelsea he's still basically in the same boat as he would be at City where he's got, you know, a whole kind of coterie of attacking talent around him, all quite similar in skill set to him. And he might well struggle to be a first team regular. So, I mean, I don't get it from his perspective. Do you? So looking at it with my my purely City um, hat on, No, it doesn't make a lot of sense because, as I touched on earlier, you, you you've got Harlan coming in. You know, you back yourself to get back in the team, make one of those um, wide spots your own, um, <clears throat> have a, a specific role, which is you know w- when he 
when he did do that previously is when he produced his best numbers at City. Mm. <clears throat> and um, you would then back yourself to, to, to have a great season with a focal point in Erling Haaland, you know, build up um, a relationship with him, um, get your, your, your stats and numbers back to what they were at the best and then have the pick of Europe's clubs this time next year <clears throat> or from January onwards. I think where, where the reality is from Sterling's perspective and why he's not looking at it like that, I think it's it's purely about um, being a guaranteed uh, one of the first names on the team sheet now. I think when you read everything about his frustrations at City over the last few years with Pep and, and even prior to him starting the Champions League final and apparently there was a bit of a bust up after one of the games between him and Pep is that mm. he's become very frustrated in that was not guaranteed, um, despite probably being one of City's best player, best paid players, um, that he, you know, will get a set amount of minutes guaranteed every year. Um, and where I feel Chelsea may have turned his head is, I suspect Thomas Tuchel's been on the phone to him and said, you come here and you will play a set amount of minutes. And I think that probably to Sterling weighs heavier at this stage in his career than the first points we just made about mm. coming into mm. City, winning your place back and playing off Erling Haaland. Um, I think he's in a place whereby he wants to be the main man and he wants to play week in, week out. That, that's how I read it from the outside with him, um, from stuff that's been reported on him, you know, yeah. over the last few years. But from a purely... I think that's a lot about his character, doesn't it? Yeah, Joe. I agree. Because, he, because yeah. he, you know, he, he could just sort of sit at City and continue to win trophies and play you know a lot of minutes but not as regularly as he wants but he wants to go and be that sort of main man elsewhere um, I, I think that says a lot about his character a lot about his competitiveness he wants to be the best he wants to push himself you know Pep said a lot that he's the sort of player who can play two games in two days he's sort of that got that sort of recovery you know he, he wants to back himself and you know you know, good luck to him with it. You know, as much as I, n- I never want him to go to Chelsea or anyone in the Premier League, I think it says a lot about Sterling's character that he's going to make that leap, or <coughs> it looks like he's going to make that leap anyway, and and sort of go to be playing every week. I think London might play a part as well. Um, mm. I'm, I'm only speculating here, but when you look at the age of his children, they are now you know kind of school going age, and, and maybe he's thinking, right, I want to raise my kids in London. You know, he's a London boy, isn't he? So that might mm. be a factor as well. Um, yeah, it's it's sad. It'll be very sad when it actually happens. It really will. But looking at another transfer link this week, quite a bizarre one, really. Nathan Ake to Chelsea. Um, it looked very much on from the get go, and then City came out yesterday and said, "This isn't happening. We've got no intention of selling Nathan Ake unless we get such an amount that you know we have a a top level replacement lined up." Um, I'll stay with you, Harry. Do, do you? Can you see this happening? Do you think there's any viable chance that uh, Ake might leave this summer? It's a weird one. I'm, I'm glad City came out and did that yesterday because they've been a bit very they've been very weird with the, the sales this summer. There's not been much sort of communication from them yeah. in terms of you know. I, I suppose last season Pep did it himself, coming out of the press conference and saying, "Yeah, like four or five people want to leave. If they bring me acceptable offers, I'll let him leave." Um, obviously, he's not had that chance yet. But Ake's a weird one because. I agree. I don't think it happens unless Chelsea stump up cash that would earn City profit on their their initial investment from Bournemouth, and they already had a a direct replacement lined up. And you know, if you, you sort of look around Europe now, who's 
you know, available for City, who is going to play the the role Nathan Ake is playing for a decent but, fee. I mean, so, so to interject, because I have seen this on Twitter and I have disagreed with it and, and meant to reply to people because people, I think people are assuming that if we sell Nathan Ake, we're going to bring in, you know, a fourth choice centre-back. But there's nothing yeah. stopping City from bringing in a Delit, for example, uh, and, you know, and demoting John Stones. You know, you've got to always evolve as a club and as a successful club. So, there's nothing stopping City going out and really buying a top-class centre-back. But with Delict, would Delict accept that he's coming into a club with three world-class centre-halves and that he's not going to play every week? I assume that's one of the major problems at Juventus now, right? It might be where he does play, well, not every week, but certainly the the, the vast majority of the games, it might be where him and Diaz mm. strike up a, a partnership. And, you know, I could think of far worse partnerships out there than those two. So, I mean, I'm, I think I'm speculating. Yeah, no, I I know what you mean. I think we've got a good balance now. It, it would just feel weird that we had massive issues two years ago and then we're just starting to, you know, because you want injury again away from the same two playing every single week, which obviously yeah. isn't a bad thing. But then, you know, there's fatigue and there's playing sort of every three days. You know, did, Pep doesn't really seem willing for, for Mbite to sort of step up and produce serious minutes. Yeah, maybe it changes this season. Mm. Um, and in terms of Ake, I mean, it might be a good move for him in terms of minutes. Tuchel might do the same thing he's done to Sterling and promise him, you know, uh, first team minutes. So obviously they lost Rudiger, they've lost Christensen. They're obviously in dire need of a few centre-halves, not just one. Um, but I, I think in the last 12 months, Ake's made really, really promising steps as a City player in terms of his development and how he's played. I think he's gradually improved with every game, looked more and more at home in a city shirt and it just would feel a bit weird for him to just stop that development short and, and move on to Chelsea but I suppose maybe the the lure of first team might pull in there I don't know his relationship is with the club since leaving as a youngster um, so he might still have connections there as well yeah yeah. Uh, but yeah I'd, look I'd I'd be disappointed because I like the balance we have now with the, the two left footers and the two right footers uh, and I think any worries and a lot a lot of people had about okay a season ago of sort of been drowned out this season with his performances you know sort of as a standing and then towards the back end of the season as a as a regular starter in the team um, and I definitely think he's got more room to improve and I think he can do that at City I think he's openly said himself he's excited to do that whether that stance has changed since Chelsea's interest has come in I have no idea but I, I would like to see Ake stay Joe do you think if Ake does stay there's significantly more chances than Chenko leaving Um. Possibly, yeah. I think um, it's a similar situation with Ake for me and Sterling. I think when you've got um, squad players that have such quality, and when when um, when another club who are <clears throat> specifically in Chelsea's case are in the Champions League, got the lure of living in London and and all the rest of it, and, and they come in and say, you know, come here and be a member of our first team squad. Mm. And, he, and obviously Nathan Ake has got um, prior history at the club he knows it inside out it's going to be hard for a lot of players to not be drawn to that um, whereas <clears throat> our club they play kind of um, <clears throat> within a system where, where they all do their own bit there's no kind of guaranteed you know you're going to play X amount of minutes every season and that's where Chelsea seem to maybe turn a few heads is my reading of it, but <clears throat> from a purely ruthless perspective, I wouldn't be um, having it at all if I was City. I mm. think <clears throat> what what enables you in those 
March and April months, May to, to kind of stay ahead of the game and, and <clears throat> leading the title race is that quality that you can draw upon. And if you, you're almost transferring that, that out of your squad into another squad, you just, yeah, to me, putting yourself at a serious disadvantage and, 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 you know, Sterling's a different case altogether because he's got 12 months on his contract, but this is a guy who, He's clearly a very talented player. Wasn't far, in my opinion, at times last year from knocking on the door to, to, to break into our first team. Whether he's, you know, getting promised X amount or not by Chelsea, he's got a long contract to run. And sometimes I think you can be too nice. Like this whole, this whole, um, you know, if you bring us an offer and you're unhappy, we'll let you go. Well, well, that's fine, but at what cost, you know, and then, then you've got to replace this player. Um, and you know, there's links with Paul Torres and players like that, but yeah. there's no guarantee they're going to come in and perform to the same standard, and they've got to adjust to a new team and a new league. Mm. So no, I'm not. I'm not happy um, with the thought of of Ake leaving at all. You mentioned yeah. there about like players needing to adjust, be kind of you know much overused, kind of year long adjustment needed under Pep mm. that everyone's come to accept now. I mean, that's a concern for me because you expect. I expected a reset this summer, Harry, you know, because you've you've got to just carry on building, you've got to carry on improving upon success. But yeah. so I was expecting two or three in, I was expecting two or three out. There is a, a danger that could go exceed that four out, maybe five out, even possibly. Um is there a is there a possibility we might look a touch disjointed next term if we overdo the refresh? Yeah, yeah, potentially. Obviously there's there's always that danger. I understand uh, what everyone said and I, I understand what Pep says when he says you know the squad always needs a refresh to keep the hunger there yeah. um, you know so often we've seen in sort of seasons where we haven't retained the title is because the players have sort of had a drop off in performance because they've won it and they've done it um, less so under Pep over the last couple of years but in the past certainly but I mean maybe to combat that I'd say in 17, 18, we did bring in like five or six players and still went on and got 100 points. Yeah. Um, so maybe it's overplayed a tiny bit. Um, but this preseason could obviously massively help Pep as well. You know, if we've not had a proper preseason in two or three years because of COVID. And this is a chance for him to to really get to know the new players and get to know how they play. Um, and sort of get a system together that he thinks is going gonna, is gonna to work. He's got two games and then, you know, if you count the community shield as another friendly, you've got that as well. But you know, he's not had a proper pre-season for a long, long time. So I think that'll help him a lot. Um, plus, of course, the, there is the core group there that, that will help. I, I, obviously, I'm just, I share in your worry in, in the forward line because it's a big, big reset in the forward line more than anything. Obviously, the core group in terms of centre-halves, midfielders are, are virtually the same, Ooh. bar sort of Calvin Phillips. Um Whereas, you know, in the forward line, there is sort of been wholesale changes. So it'd be interesting to see how that performs um, and whether there's a sort of change of system and the way it works up there. But I suppose it's only a thing that you've got to sort of wait and see about. Yeah, it'd be nice going into this season with an element of surprise, I guess, um, mm, for us yeah. as, as well as, you know, City's opponents. Um, and that'll certainly be the case because I cannot, obviously, he's not going to play the false nine anymore, but. I, I I cannot work out what Pep's got in mind here. Um, we look at Jesus going and possibly Rouse now as well. Joe, is there a danger that we're, and it's the last time I'll say, are we in danger of and, and focus on the negatives, but might we look a bit light in attacking options next season? Um, 
think we're so accustomed to, to the players that we've had um, that that it is natural to a degree to think in that in that manner. But <clears throat> excuse me, by the way, I've got a bit of a cough today, which is why no, I, I keep coughing. But um, I, I'm not concerned in that. This is where Pep comes into his own somewhat. Um, there's probably players in that squad who he's going to tinker with and put into wide areas, whether it be a Cole Palmer, whether it be Grealish to go up another level, Foden, where this they, they might be watching the players who are going this summer um, happily, if that makes sense, yeah. and seeing it as that's my chance now to get in that team and make that position my own. Um and I think Guardiola is always evolving and 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 coaching players, and you never know if City will go into the market and buy someone completely off radar. Um, I don't see it happening, but it could do. But I think we've still got a lot of talent um, who we can kind of um, mould and coach. Whether it be a Cole Palmer, whether there's more to come from Grealish. Um, obviously you've got Haaland coming in that's going to completely change the dynamic of the team um, Phil Foden um, I think plays his best football on the left and he's had to be sacrificed somewhat um, over the last two seasons similar to Sterling I think he can go back out wide and have a for the first time since he broke into the City team if you will he'll have a set position um, and, be, and be one of the first names on the team sheet so I'm not worrying too much Um I think it's more of a, an evolution, um, and I would expect some pleasant surprises, given the the ability of our manager and some of our players. Yeah, yeah. Mm. well, that's, that's a good way to end on the the first team chat. But looking at a couple of levels below, um, Mazuna's gone, uh, Lavia, uh, Dozy, um, two of which have gone to Southampton, um, and for decent money, they're all kind of like ten million pounds a piece. Um, City are making a healthy profit, Joe, from their academy. And I've done yep. for a while, but this is really standing out this summer, isn't it? Is that wholly a good thing, or would you prefer to see these kids get a proper chance at City? I think there's a few parts to it. I think <clears throat> primarily you've also got to look at the, the, the levels below um, these lads in mm. terms of under-19s, under-18s. They're also winning the leagues, so they need to come into um, you know the next level up where these lads we're selling are now. Um, and I think that the ruthless fact of it is a lot of them won't make it in that city because of the, the standard that our first team players at. Mm. Um, I think you've got the uh, FIFA um, rule loan, on loans changing um, in the next 18 months. I don't think that's a massive factor, but I think it's something that the club might have maybe pulled the trigger. Um, what in terms what, what of, is that joke? Because I've, I've seen that mentioned. Is it you're limited to the amount of loans you can make? Yeah, essentially. Yeah, and right. I think City, because we, we the way we operate, I, I think, I don't think we're massively impacted by it, but I think it was more aimed at, at Chelsea's model. Um, yeah. Because I think they had like 30, 40 <laughs> yeah. in the season. Yeah. But um, I think City maybe have decided, possibly with, with that being introduced, to take a, a little change in tact. Um, so I'm not reading too much into it. I think. They've just literally decided this summer, I think last summer, and you've got to bear in mind the last probably two windows, summer windows have been suppressed by COVID. So maybe historically when some of these players would have been moved on, there's not been the buyers out there. Um, the fact is City's youth teams will be scouted by clubs up and down the country because they're winning, you know, 
every competition they enter. Yeah. And there's clubs like Southampton and, and clubs around that area in the table who will be thinking, that's a player who can come and do a job for us. And then you build up relationships with doing those deals and it's like, well, what about X player? What about Y player? And they start moving as well. So, so there's loads of um, layers to it. Um, and I think we always knew, um, obviously, from a footballing purist perspective, it's yeah, let's build the CFA, and you know we're going to have a come the class of twenty twenty two, and it's just going to be a city team full of youth players. But the reality is, majority of them are going to be sold for profit. Um, it's 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 a big part of of city's business model and 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 how they bring money into the club and. There's a select few. You get your Cole Palmers and your McAtees who are banging on the first team door. But I think the level below that, City are always happy to, to do business, but with a view to, to potentially putting clauses in contracts to bring them back if they do make it elsewhere. As we saw with Angelino at one point. And, and you know, I, I, just, I just think it's more smart business from City and bringing the money in early. Joe, do you go? Oh, sorry, Joe, um, Harry, do you go along with that? Do you think it's smart business as a as a whole, or is there some frustration mm-hmm. there? Because we all want to see kind of homegrown kids come through, don't we? Yeah, no, I I agree with everything that that's sort of just been said. I prefer this buyback model rather than yeah. Chelsea's just loan everywhere, everywhere. Because basically, you just get some off our hands. You make decent money, and if they go on to be a success, we can get them back. You know, if they go out on loan and a a massive flop then you know you've got to start out alone again from next season and then a season and that's sort of been happening with Chelsea over the years where they've got players who they've had on the books since they were 18 years old and now like 27 and still looking for clubs yeah um so you then of course you're making profit on players that you weren't really going to use because you know some of these players you know if, if you take purely Lavia for example obviously a very exciting player and everything obviously I've heard about him has been very good there may have been a thinking that he could replace Fernandinho in the squad, but maybe he's not ready at this point in time. And, you know, bringing in Calvin Phillips and Rodri playing the way he is, he was never going to get any minutes whatsoever. You know, maybe sort of minutes off the bench in the Carabao Cup. So to move him on to Southampton, where he will get decent minutes in big competitions, I think it's massively beneficial for player and club. And if, look, we, we make £10 million on him, if... You know, in a couple of years' time, he's, he turns out to be a world beater. City will have a deal in place to bring him back. Like Joe said, with Angelino, they can take a punt on them sort of things because these fees are not normally massively world-breaking fees. Mm. Um, but I think one thing it does do is it is put massive faith in Makassi because I think, obviously, Palmer now is, is, is ingrained in the first team. I think we've all accepted that he has become a first-team member. Whereas this season feels like that step for Makati to be involved in the first team and be involved more in, in sort of the bigger games in, in terms of the Premier League. Uh, and it has shown massive faith in him because there was rumours, of course, of him going out on loan as well. But to keep him about, or to keep him about at the time of recording, <laughs> yes. uh, because you knowing my luck, he will move on loan as soon as this goes out. Um, it, he's showing massive faith in him and shows that the clubs do the club do think he's ready to, to make that step up. And, you know, everyone's excited by him. So I'm excited to see what he does. But yeah, of course, I would love to see local Blues given a chance. You know, you think of Tommy Doyle and Taylor Howard Bellis, like Bonham, Fred Manx. Of course, yeah. you'd love to see him get a chance. But, you know, if they're not that level, they're not that level. It's unfortunate. But City have got to be ruthless if they want to maintain success and take advantage of the time we've got with Guardiola. I think I think, I think that's the way forward. And look, as you said, if they don't get decent careers at City, City make sure they get decent careers elsewhere, which I think is all part of a very successful model they've got going on. Yeah, I think... It- I think- Probably. Sorry, Steve, just make a quick point as well. Like, 
<clears throat> a lot of these players, they can get frustrated very quickly if they're winning, you know, every age group league they're in, season on season, and then they get to a certain level and they hit a glass ceiling and there's no realistic way into the first team. Definitely. With Lavia in particular, yeah. Yeah, and then and then they've they've all got agents now, and 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 they've got clubs banging on the door, and City are saying, "No, uh, we're going to keep you because you might play two League Cup games a season." Mm, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It it can become very toxic, and it can create an environment for, from below. Then that spreads downwards, and that yeah, you can do so well and win all these competitions, but you're never going to get anywhere near the first team, and and it's problems that Chelsea have experienced themselves before, even even when they. They've bought, for example, a young Kevin De Bruyne uh, from Ghent, and then you know he, he's kind of had to sit in there under twenty one squad or you know just below the first team, and it's like, I'll just sell me, I'm going to go elsewhere. But then Chelsea don't insert that buyback. I think City preempts a lot of that by saying, you know, you're clearly a young talented player, go away. Do your business, and you know we'll meet again if if it's meant to be. And and I think that's a really smart way of of doing things because you know you don't want to end up in a, a situation where players stop coming to City, you know, because they don't because the parents are saying, yeah, but you know how many players have made it there realistically? Like you know you're going to get a great coach in through the CFA, and you're going to make it a top professional club, and. If you're really exceptional, you'll break into that City first team structure or you'll go away and City will, will, will make it um, so that they bring you back in one way or another yeah. in the future. I think the development continues. I, I completely agree with both of you. I think generally speaking, the loan system is immensely flawed. If you take, you know, a, a kind of 18-year-old kid who, you know, is showing some promise in the reserve side of, of a Premier League club and then they get sent to South End, then they're just thrown into an environment, okay, it's sink or swim and that's, that's really good for their development in terms of their character, but the manager won't, won't hardly play them. You know, they'll, they'll just get a few minutes here and there. They won't fit into that, you know, they might not fit into that structure of that team. Um it's, it's, there's too many risks involved and it can set a player back, I think. Whereas in this way, you know, let's say Lavia goes to Southampton. He's a Southampton player. It's in his best interest to, you know, put, put his head down and play his very best for Southampton. It's in the Southampton manager's interest to bring the best out in him. And then, you know, it's City reap the rewards down, down the line should he excel because we've got the buyback. So, I think yeah. it is a really good um, idea in principle, and I'm they've got the pressure, the aren't they, Steve? They, like yeah. in Lovey's case, they've, they've paid ten million pound to exactly. get him. You know, it's, they've it's got to get something interest. out of him. Yeah, exactly. Whereas if they've just loaned him, it's like okay, stick him in the reserves, stick him behind you know Romelu in in midfield, and you know play him two or three times over a six month period, and you know he might get overlooked, and it's just not, not to his best interest. So yeah. Um, Talking of which show, two loans which have stood out this this um, past couple of weeks, uh, and these should be beneficial, and they should be in the club's best interest because Vinny's involved. Is Howard Bellis and Egan Riley going to Burnley? Um, I just kind of quickly want each of your thoughts on that. Harry, how mm. do you feel about those two? Particularly, sorry, but Howard Bellis really appeals to me mm. to play under Vinny. I think Egan Riley's gone permanently. I think this. Oh, really? Yesterday with his. I think yesterday was the last day of his contract. Right. So I think I think his contract expired yesterday. But I think City. I don't know the stuff with free transfers. I don't know if they got 
So because there was talk of them having a buyback clause on Egan Riley too, but I'm not too clued up on how that's gone. But I'm pretty sure it was the last day of his contract yesterday. Right. Uh, Howard Bellis is obviously a bit different. Uh, but yeah, yeah, great moves for them. I mean, who better to work with than one of the yeah. family's greatest ever defenders as a defender? Um, I'm just really interested to see how Vinny does. I'm really interested. Um, my sort of feelings towards Vinny is that I never want him as city manager unless he's like a massive massive mm, success because same, same. I just couldn't do that Lampard and Chelsea thing of wanting him <laughs> out when he's going bad you know what yeah. I mean I couldn't do that so shy United yeah yeah just it, it couldn't be me um but you know turf's not turf more not far away I know we do a lot to avoid turf more but I'd, I'd be interested to see how Vinny does he you know speaking to a Burnley for good Burnley fan mate of mine he made very good additions away from obviously the two city lads as well in terms of young signings signings that Vinny wants to mould into his sort of system he seems to have got a nice little reset there and these two players will will only benefit from working with Vinny because he's as I said one of the Premier League's greats yeah um, and yet uh, in Howard Bellis case he's, he's not only had this season he obviously was there with him at Anderlecht so he knows how Vincent wants to play his football so obviously Vincent, Vincent fancies him because he's brought him back again hmm. and yeah it'll be interesting to see how he goes lovely stuff uh, Joe anything to add to that? No, yeah, I totally agree. I think obviously the the players in question all know Vinny. Uh, probably looked up to him um, when they were, they were young lads at, at City. Um, I just love Vinny, man. I, I said <laughs> I said it was um, a bit of a weird fit because Burnley. I'm not too sure on their their ownership model, and they've got a lot of players who are on the outs. So one of them weird clubs, a bit like Stoke, when they've been in the Prem for years and then they go down. It, it's hard, isn't it? Um, a lot of players who are in comfort zones on big money there kind of desert ship and it can either lead to you totally refreshing the club and, and this is what Vinny appears to be doing by getting young lads in or it can you know my further down in the kind of the bowels of the championship so I hope it goes well for him but I just I don't my gut feeling tells me it's a weird fit Vinny and Burnley I yeah. think he's gone somewhere a bit, a bit better suited but hopefully I'm wrong I mean, we've released a lot of players this summer, so it could be a change of culture and, as you say, a reset. And if, that, if that's the case, then Billy can mould it in his own kind of image. So that's, that's if it works. But I just really hope to goodness it does. And it'll be quite odd to kind of semi-support Burnley this, this season after. I know, yeah. <laughs> despising them for so long. Um, a complete change of subject here and completely going left field. Um, again, I want each of your thoughts. Harry, Neymar to City. Would you be up, would you be up for it? No, 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 no. I, I mean, I had a big <laughs> thing about this because I, I obviously there's no denying he's a supremely talented footballer and he's capable of pretty much magical things because you know he he doesn't win as much as he's done and and been as successful as as he is for both club and country without being a supremely talented footballer. And mm. I understand that he made that step from Barcelona to PSG to be the main man and then not be behind Messi and then end up being behind Messi and Mbappe. So he's had a bit of a bit of a weird career. Uh, yeah, look, I get I get the pull of having him um, and especially if Sterling does end up leaving. We talked about the sort of attacking areas obviously would boost that significantly, but he just would want astronomical wages, wouldn't he? Yeah. Um, much higher than the level De Bruyne, Haaland, Sterling, Grealish are on. And City are just not going to break that wage structure they're going to go nowhere near um, and, I, and I think no club will be able to go anywhere near I think the only club who can afford that is PSG so that's why I think despite all this 
noise, which I think is primary, primarily coming from Neymar's side, even yeah. though PSG would like to probably get him off the books. I think PSG are probably resigned to the fact that no one can afford to pay the sort of money that Neymar would want. And I don't, I'm not sure about transfer fees and, and stuff like that, what PSG would want. Maybe it's very minimal, but in terms of pl- the player himself, I just think no club is going to go anywhere near him, which I think is why uh, he'll end up staying at PSG. Okay, I, I, well, I'll, I'll kind of switch a question slightly to you then, Joe, kind of hypothetical. So what, what Harry said there is entirely correct, and, and we all know that it's, it's not really going to happen. It's, you know, it'll, it'll shatter our, our wage structure, even if PSG takes some, a percentage of um, his wages. Let's say, though, that it is possible, and let's say that it is happening, that Neymar is coming to Manchester City. How would you feel about that? Um... I'd be excited to, to watch him from a purely footballing perspective, but I think... He's a dick, is, though, isn't he? I mean, he is a he, dick. Okay, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you can't deny that. But I think some... So, there's so much he'd have to change for me yeah. to fit because he's, yeah. he's, a free, he's a free spirit. It's a definition of kind of your old school traditional Brazilian player in terms of there's, there's not really much point in giving him a designated role in the team because he's that talented. And, and he's that much of a free spirit. He's going to do what he wants anyway, which is another reason why I never see it happening in a million years when we've got such a rigorous, structured um, team set up under Pep. But I think there's a few things. He, I think it's been well documented that he's never been probably in the best of shape since he moved to PSG, mm. uh, which is one of the reasons they're looking to move him. So to play in the Premier League and to play in this kind of well-oiled machine that Pep's... Um, um, set up, he'd have to get himself probably in the best shape he's been in since his early Barcelona days. He'd, he'd have to buy in totally to, to everything that that we do as, as an outfit. Um, and if he could, and I know if like is it, that that there were t- two huge things he'd have to get right. But if let's say he did, then I'd be excited to watch him play. But it's just it's it's hard to even speculate because it's so wild i mean it's just like you know what's he on like 600 plus thousand plus a yeah, week it's ludicrous. It's just, i think it's more than that <laughs> yeah it's yeah, it's just, million a year it's it's not it's just not going to happen I, I can't see it happening he's, he's a sister loving weirdo um <laughs> it's, it's, it's just it's a show pony and i, I really don't want him at city and, and if, if it happened i would actually be gutted Frankly. Is that not around the Christmas period too when we need him the most? <laughs> exactly. So that's yeah, that's yeah. one game he's not going to be at. So, yeah. yeah. I think he's just like the antithesis of everything that the modern Manchester City is. In all yes, ways. absolutely. He's made for United, isn't he? He's made for yes. United. <laughs> Something we'd have done in the Gary Cook era, he'd have probably been here already, wouldn't he? But yeah, yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't think... Um, as, as a pure, so to answer your question, as a pure footballer, if he's at his best, yeah, and you can, and you can basically negate all of his character, um, <laughs> then yeah, I would, I'd take it. But I just, I can, I mean, there's already rumours that he said he won't move to England, which is pretty much tells you exactly about his mentality. He's, he's very much likes to play at a slower pace and and just dictate, you know. His club and where he goes, yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's just it's just not gonna work out for me. 
I'll tell you one thing. He, I mean, he's obviously a fabulous footballer. Of course he is. But um, he's a fabulous actor as well, you know, which may not surprise mm-hmm. people when they see him diving around. But have either of you seen Money Heist with him in Money Heist? Yes, I have. Yeah. really good in it, isn't he? He's, he was really good, wasn't he, with the, with the monks and stuff like that. I had to temple, Google yeah. it. I, I was like, I was saying to my wife, that's Neymar. And she's like, who's that? I was like, it's a famous footballer. That is definitely Neymar. And she's like, it can't be. I was like... I know it can't be. Why would it be Neymar? I mean, I was Googling it, and it was. Yeah, really good actor. Anyway, um, we had a a whole bunch of people to discuss today. All the transfers that looks like they're going to happen very imminently. Mm. We've only got time for one, and it's one I really want to talk about. So I'll throw it over to you first, Joe. Richarlison to Spurs. I personally don't rate the lad, and I don't think it's as good a deal for Spurs as it is for Everton. Discuss. Well, it's it's a, a very unlikable footballer joining a very unlikable football <laughs> club, and it's um, you know a fr- as front frees go. Talk about Liverpool's. I mean, Son, Kane, and Richarlison. Mm. That's a punchable front three if ever there was yeah, one. Yeah. Um, I do think he's a talented player, but I think it's a bit like a lot of Brazilians who've come to England over the years. It's always in patches, never consistent. I mean, when he's on it, he can he can win games by himself, but so few and far between. I'm interested to see how it'll go with Conte because Conte is obviously a top, top world-class manager uh, and he'll have a plan for him, but he's, he's going to have to make a lot of changes to his game in terms of what he does off the ball. Um, he's got a lot of that shithousery in him, though, that, that Conte loves in terms of stopping games and diving around on the floor, so I can see why they've gone for him from that regard. Yeah. Um, how much is it they've signed him for? 60. 60 they've six? just been announced. Wow. They've just announced it, 60 million, yeah. 60 million. I, I thought 50 was too much, honestly. But I, thought, I, I, think, I think with 60 million, and I agree with absolutely everything you've all just said, I think you're asking for you know, can he reach the level Son is in terms of goal scoring and goal yeah. contributions? I just don't think he can reach that level. I think he's a talented player, has done fantastic for Everton in terms of keeping him up and keeping him somewhat relevant. But, you know, I, I just don't think, as much as it, it's a good move for him, and I think it's a move he's, he's probably deserved for a while, I just don't think he's capable of reaching the levels that, that Spurs will want from him week in, week out, personally. But, you know, I could be wrong. No, no. Yeah, I think I think it's a weird one because I think he's got that arrogance about him at Everton because he knows he's the main man, no matter how crap Everton yeah. are or what they do. Whereas at Spurs, it can go one or two ways. It can either see him throw his toys out the pram and he does seem the, 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 the like if he loses his place in the team and Conte won't have that, will he? Um, or he could buckle down and, and <clears throat> you know, improve. Um it's a bit weird because Tottenham have been a very unstable club themselves since they moved to that new stadium, but they seem to be the last six to, you know, since Conte's gone there, an air of stability is starting to build and they've got into the top four. So it could work out from that regard and be good for his career, but jury's open or jury's yeah, out even. It's it's going to be it's hard to call, I think. That's a perfect way to end, really. The jury is indeed open on him. Um, chaps, I really enjoyed this and we should do it again very soon. Um, thank you for joining us today, Joe. No problem. Thank you for having me as always. Thanks, Harry. Yeah, another another day of, of normal sport. I've just seen the Qatar World Cup have announced semi-automated offside, so we've got that to look forward to as well. What? Semi-automated? Semi-automated. I, I don't want to go off on a tangent when you want to end, but basically it's going to send alert to match officials offside. That's obviously never, ever going to go completely and utterly wrong in a massive game, in a massive decision. Why? Yeah, it's a dis- 
conversation for another day. Why do we always trial things at the biggest tournament of sport? <laughs> it makes no fucking sense. Oh, Christ. Anyway, um, thanks both, and thanks yeah. everyone for listening in. Um, that's a wrap for today, folks. We're off to see what this tennis malarkey is all about. Come on, Tiger Tim. In the meantime, take care of yourselves, be well, and forever up the New Look Blues. <laughs>